Tell me more, a deep dive on all the random ideas, concepts, people, places, and things that cross our minds. We are prepared to do all the digging for you on the internet and beyond and present like old school research project style. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Julie. And we will be your fact finders for each episode. So get ready. We're going deep. Like page 12 of the Google search deep. Okay, Chelsea. So today I would like to talk to you about the wife of a celebrity. <laughs> I'm Do I have to guess already? Because you don't, you don't have to guess already, but I thought that you would immediately guess a certain person based on my obsessions. Well, yeah, I know you, Julie, and you don't even have to offer me the clues because my guess, which I'm 99.9% sure is accurate, is Hilaria Baldwin. If you mean Ilaria, you're wrong. Oh, Ilaria. Sorry, I still said it wrong. Mm. No, we are not talking about <gasps> Hillary from Boston today. <laughs> what? Okay. All right, but I guess I need this. You're the 0.01% then. I know, I know. And I knew you were going to think that. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually the wife of a comedian, which I don't, can we call Alec Baldwin a comedian? I guess kind of, but. Yeah. This, is, this is a more more like specifically just a comedian. Okay. And I also just wanted to preface that I don't typically like to say like the wife of a celebrity, right? Because we've mm-hmm. talked before about like Amal Clooney, you and I have not on the podcast, mm-hmm. but like where when they got married, people put like, you know, George Clooney marries Amal. Oh, I forget what her maiden name even was. But then they would do like the flip of it and they would be like um, human rights attorney and like beautiful, intelligent woman marries 55 year old actor. Yeah. Like her only. Yeah. Like, like she has so much more notable past and profession and all of that before she was just George Clooney's wife. And even yeah. now she isn't just George Clooney's wife. I am on a tangent. It is not George Clooney's wife that we're talking about today. <laughs> is it her? No, no. Okay, so this is the okay wife of a celebrity, specifically a comedian. Okay. Okay. She's had multiple scandals around her life, including okay. plagiarism um, and cheating in her first marriage with like a very messy divorce. I mean, it can't be Lori Loughlin, though, because her husband's like a designer. Right. It is not Lori Loughlin. Okay. And I would say this person even has like less of a career than Lori Loughlin. Like when we're talking, she she's like mainly known as just this person's wife, though her Wikipedia says that she's an author and a philanthropist. And she does have cookbooks and a charity. So those are true. They're just not something she did or established before marrying this person. Oh, is this, um, I don't know her first name, but is this Seinfeld's wife? Jerry yes. Seinfeld's wife? Yeah, yeah, we're doing Jessica Seinfeld today. Ooh, right. that's different. I would never have, you know, thought that. Well, the reason that. I want to talk about Jessica Seinfeld is because I feel like she's the original 
celebrity wife grifter. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to be slightly comparing her to Ilaria throughout. Okay. You got to tell me more. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My sources are obviously I got the basics from Wikipedia. And then um, I went really far, really far back. I found like an archive blog post from like 2004 to get like in the minute details about her first divorce. Um, What else do we've got? We've got articles from CNN, Gawker, New York Post. I went deep. Like I said, I went into archives. Legit sources. I've got some legit stuff. Um, but I do feel like the uh, blog spot from 2004 is like, um, what would you call that? Like a pr- primary source. It's like her blog spot, like something she wrote herself. No, it was someone else's, but it was like, while it was written, like while one of the controversies was going on. So Jessica Seinfeld is more than just Jerry Seinfeld's wife. Not really, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, okay. That's what we're going to get into. Okay, so Jessica Seinfeld, this is, the very first thing starts out weird. So she was actually born September 12th, 1971, Nina Danielle Sklar. Huh. So no, Jessica. Okay. I kind of have an Ilaria situation going on right. here. So you can already see there's a future name change coming. She was born in Oyster Bay, New York, and was mm-hmm. the middle child of three girls. However, when she was quite young, her family relocated to Burlington, Vermont, which is where she grew up and spent most of her time. And she attended college um, at UVM, which is the University of Vermont in Burlington Mm -hmm. and graduated around 1992. Did you know that about her prior to doing some research that she was a Vermont? I did not. I did not know that she grew up in Vermont. I knew, I do think that I knew that she went to UVM, but I didn't know that she actually grew up there too. Did you take a field trip to her family home? (laughs) I will not take a field trip to her family home. We don't really go up to Burlington too often. Well, if you have to do, you've got to look for it. Knock on the Sklar family (laughs) house. Nina here. All right. So she moved to New York City not long after graduating. And she briefly worked in PR for Golden Books and then for Tommy Hilfiger. Huh. Okay. In 1995, so this is three years after she graduated from college, she legally changes her name from Nina Sklar to Jessica Sklar. And the name change is done by a Manhattan judge. And in all of my digging and going back to, you know, like I said, blog posts from the early 2000s, I could not find anywhere a reason or an explanation for the name change. And I just think it's so bizarre because... If you go to New York, right, where there's millions of people, Mm -hmm. wouldn't you change your name to something 
more unique as opposed to Jessica, right? Like Jessica is that name that every single girl had yeah. in 1995. Everyone was like Jessica, Jennifer, or Stephanie, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was like super popular. So you're almost making yourself like more ambiguous by taking on the name Jessica, like Nina sticks out more. Yeah. Wait, so was Nina like a family name? Like, was she, you know what I mean? You know, sometimes in families, like if there's like three in a row that have the same name, sometimes the second one or third one will go by like a middle name or go by a different name completely. Like, did she change it? Cause she was like named after someone. I could not find that she didn't just go by like Danielle like that's another just like normal white bread yeah 90s name like you could have just gone by Danielle your middle name so it's kind of bizarre already so not terribly long after the name change she starts dating a man named Eric Niederlander who is a Broadway producer and of a family of famous Broadway theater owners and producers. Okay. She marries him in June of 1998. So how long were they together for before they got married? Um, That I don't know exactly. Probably two or three years before they got married. All right. Now, a few months before the wedding... She meets Jerry Seinfeld, who is 17 years older than her, at a Reebok sports club in New York City. Okay. (laughs) So they meet a few months before her wedding. Now, the rumors at the time, and this is sort of like another parallel with Ilaria, are that she was on the hunt for like a wealthy husband. Like, hashtag goal trophy wife, never work, that type of situation, which I believe is also the same theory where um, Ilaria set herself up where she was constantly eating lunch at this restaurant where celebrity men would like dine and then like bump into them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a sort of a similar situation where people said that she was going to this gym and specifically timing her workouts to like bump into famous men there. Mm-hmm. And so she bumps into Jerry Seinfeld and um, she begins dating Jerry immediately upon returning from her three-week honeymoon in Italy. Oh, so they met, but they like met nothing before. came of it until after they got married? Well, that's where there's a lot of question marks, Chelsea. Yeah. Hmm. Was she dating him air quotes dating him before her wedding yeah was she not dating him before the wedding it's all very murky here okay okay so in October of 1998 Nederland files for divorce after four months of marriage what are his what are his reasons Um, differences Yeah, I'm guessing I didn't actually write that down. (laughs) I mean, he's given interviews since where he says, like, she was cheating on me. He was, he went on, like, a press tear after it and had nothing good to say about her. Oh. Yeah. 
It was ugly. So one year later, basically, in November of 1999, she's already engaged to Jerry. Oh, wow. Okay. And then one month later, after the engagement, they get married. That's quick. So, yeah, that's, I wonder, like, why would you, if you met someone, right, and you're planned to get married, like, why would you not just call off your wedding? I know that's what like a lot of people always say that, but sometimes I feel like it's a bigger controversy to call it off than to just like quietly get divorced six months later. Maybe she thought that he wouldn't know that she had this thing going on Mm -hmm. and somehow like on the honeymoon, maybe he found out and everything blew up or yeah. You know what I mean? Like she could have been checked out before the wedding and just thought like, I'll go through with it and I'll quietly divorce him afterwards and all of that. Not thinking he was going to do a press tour about it. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So I said December 25th, Christmas day, 1999, she marries Jerry and the scoop at the time from some of the archived, I want to say it might've been the Gawker one was archive article from like the year 2000 Mm -hmm. um, said that the word on the street or the word in town was that she was overheard at a restaurant saying that she was going to get pregnant immediately to cement the deal. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. So she's like legit just in it for the the money. Well, I mean, that was the rumor that was going around. So she did cement the deal very quickly in November 7th of 2000. So you're at 11 months after the wedding, they have their first daughter, Sasha. Mm -hmm. Then March 1st of 2003, they have their son, Julian. And then August 2nd of 2005, they have their third and final child, Shepard, all three children born in New York City. Okay. Okay, so now here's another, I just dropped my cell phone. Here's another parallel with Ilaria. So in the early 2000s, they sort of did their own reverse press tour to rewrite the entire story of how they met and the timeline. And this happened sort of, it seems to like clear her name and make it look very different. And if you think back to the early 2000s and what social media was available and Mm -hmm. articles and everything, they really were sort of able at that time to spin whatever story they wanted to tell. Yeah. So like they did an article with um, New York Times, I want to say it was, they did an article, I want to say with Vogue and Jerry went on like a bunch of like late night shows and retold the story of how they met Mm -hmm. and this time changed it to entirely them meeting after her honeymoon. Oh, but like I said, archived articles that I found from before this sort of like clear our names press tour gave a very different timeline. So did he say that they met at the gym, but just still met at the gym gym. just after her honeymoon. And this is sort of also reminiscent of Alec Baldwin going on all the, you know, 
late night shows in, I want to say it was like 2014, I guess after he found out his wife wasn't from Spain and (laughs) told everyone that she wasn't actually born in Spain. (laughs) Yeah. Trying to like backpedal everything. Right. Exactly. So there's, there's parallels, right? Like it's, it's funny to me that like, since social media wasn't what it is now back then, like they just like talk to magazines, you know, like that was the only thing out there. Right. It's like, okay, we want to get our story out. Let's call a magazine and give an interview. Whereas now it's like, okay, I want my story out. I'm going to take a screenshot of something I typed up in my notes app (laughs) and post it to my Instagram story. But also like poor Vogue, like they had to do like a whole spread, I'm sure on like whatever they had, the filler that they had. And then the one little snippet, you know, that of the, what they wanted it to actually get across, you know? Right. Exactly. Now I will say like, this is the caveat. They really do seem to be in love and mm-hmm. they've been happily married for 23 years. So yeah, I have no idea that they started that way. Um, like I didn't know she was married before. I don't know why I wouldn't know that anyway, <laughs> but um, I didn't know that they kind of had a rocky start, I guess you could say. Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to say also in case it's not coming off that way is that I actually really do like her and I follow her on social media. I'm just always fascinated by like the crazy backstories, just like, you know, I also love Ilaria and follow her. And like, I honestly, as like fake as the whole Spanish thing is as a mom, she's incredibly real. And like, that's what I like to see. Like she does not sugarcoat what parenting is like in Mm -hmm. her Instagram story. She shows like the worst of it. She showed when their like oldest son um, scratched the F word into the side of one of their cars. Like that I follow her because she's so real as a mother, but Mm -hmm. it is kind of hard to look past some of the, the like cultural appropriation because I mean, when it comes down to it, like she has taken opportunities from women of color. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like a very hard, uh, line there, but with Jessica, it's not quite as hard because none of her grifts are nearly as like detrimental as that could be, if that makes sense. Yeah. But both of them, I love to follow on social media. I don't think I follow her, but I do remember her cookbooks. Well, let's get to that. Yeah. Okay. So in 2001, she founded a charitable organization, which at the time was called Baby Buggy. It's now called Good Plus Foundations as of 2016. And it provides clothing and food for struggling young mothers. The whole inception behind it was really wonderful. Like, I guess as a celebrity wife and as, you know, wealthier parents, they were like gifted a lot of stuff when they were having their first baby that they Mm -hmm. didn't need and like couldn't possibly use. Companies would gift them stuff, you know, so she'd get photographed using it. And like, you know, they just had too much baby stuff. So they started an organization where like other wealthy people could also donate all of this extra, really Mm -hmm. high quality baby stuff that they get and actually give it to underprivileged mothers who need it and could use it huh 
That is actually pretty good. Okay, so in 2007, she releases her first cookbook called Deceptively Delicious, Simple Secrets to Get Your Kids Eating Good Food. It's a number one New York Times bestseller for five months, and it's also number one on Amazon. Do you know anything about it? You're totally going to make fun of me because I... I think I saw her on like some show, like either it was like Good Morning America or Ellen or something like that. And she was cooking one of her recipes and it's basically like hiding vegetables in things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I liked it because I liked like the idea of making brownies with like zucchini or something like that. So I wasn't looking for it for hiding vegetables for my children. It was for me to eat more vegetables. You were hiding them from yourself? From myself, yeah. So I could so do you know anything? Vegetables. Do you know anything about the controversy around that book? No, I didn't. Okay. No, I did not, not, no. So following her book's release, another cookbook author named Missy Chase Lapine sued both Jessica and Jerry Seinfeld, accusing Jessica of copyright and trademark infringement. And in the same lawsuit, she accused Jerry of defamation of character after he appeared on The Late Show with David Letterman in October of 2007 and called Lapine, and I quote, angry and hysterical, a wacko, a stalker a nut job and suggested that people with three names become assassins. Oh my goodness. That's excessive. Like even if like you are having normal fights with people. So what, what actually happens? Like, do we know? So it's a little, it's a little fuzzy because the publisher, which I wrote, uh, I did not write down, but I think might've been like Harper. Harper Collins, maybe. Yeah. Um, who published her book? This Missy Chase Lapine had pitched her book idea to them, and they had passed. And then, like a year later, Jessica's book comes out with the exact same like theme and methods. But then Jessica sort of like countered the case by saying, "Hiding vegetables in food to trick children is not like a trademarkable." idea like people have been doing it for years I just gave the recipes I used to do it okay so So ultimately saying that she stole her recipes it was just she stole her like concept or idea or the publishing company well she says copyright and trademark infringement so that could be like the name of the book even maybe yeah it could have been yeah like maybe the name of the book that she presented the publishing company was super similar Hmm. well regardless in 2009 the U.S. district judge dismissed all claims against Jessica and in 2011 the state court dismissed the remaining claims against Sherry so they were fine (laughs) I always got free yeah Okay, then she released a second cookbook called Double Delicious in 2010. At the same time, along with the Double Delicious book launch, she launched a website for beginner cooks called Do It Delicious. Mm -hmm. 
she released a third cookbook called the can't cook book in 2013 i might need to get that (laughs) and she released a fourth cookbook in 2021 which is all plant-based which i recently purchased (laughs) she was doing these reels that she she's just like totally silent and like they just show her like putting the stuff together and I watched like a few of them and I ordered the book. And now I have to say, I think that this book is the biggest grift of all. Why is that? Let me share with you my favorite recipe from it. Oh no. Which is, oh, I'm not going to be able to find it now. Um, but it was literally just sliced tomato on toast. That's it. Like there's no seasoning. That's it. You I mean, well, it might have had seasoning, but I was just kind of like, what? That's your recipe? Sliced tomato? Yes, here it is. I found it. I found it. It's just tomato toast. So she puts olive oil, garlic, tomato, oregano, sea salt. Literally, I don't, maybe it's because like I'm Italian. We've done that since I was like two. Like you go to the garden, you get a tomato, you put it on toast. <laughs> You put salt and olive oil if you've got fresh basil from the garden. I was like, is th- this is a recipe we need in a book? You just took the mozzarella off. <laughs> I was just like this. Like, and it was there are re- there are some good looking recipes in the book, but that just like happened to be the one I opened to when I first got the book. And I was like, I, like- I bought a book that tells you how to slice tomato and put it on toast is that like a level one recipe do they like get more difficult as the book progresses I don't know and then the next page that I turned to was literally just corn tortillas with sliced avocado and hot sauce no no this is not good it's like if you have nothing in your refrigerator the only not a vegetable the only other ingredient is sprinkling salt on it it's literally just a tortilla with avocado on it and hot sauce return it so I was like what but there there are actual recipes it just happened to be the first two pages I looked at were I was like is this called like when you haven't food shopped in two weeks and you need to put something together from yeah. your fridge. Like, You're like what? what condiments do I have that I can throw <laughs> on this to make it like a meal? I know because I can't tell you how many times I've just eaten like a tortilla with hot sauce because I have nothing else. <sighs> you can write a cookbook then. <laughs> so that is everything that I have for you about Jessica Seinfeld. Um, in conclusion, my conclusion to this is that Jessica Seinfeld is the original celebrity wife grifter. She walked so Hilaria could run. <laughs> well, I love your uh, finale and kind of just bringing those two together. Um, I think my favorite part about Jessica, I mean, actually two things, the name change, because it's just so bizarre and doesn't make sense it doesn't like who changes their name to the most basic name and but like I guess I could see if you have like a weird name right like your name is 
I don't know, doorknob, right? And then you change it to a basic name. But like Nina's also a fairly normal name. Yeah. Danielle is definitely a normal name. Yeah. So to like, it it just does not make sense. Yeah, that's bizarre. But my second favorite thing is learning about their marriage and how it took off because I had no idea that there was, you know, that much kind of like controversy to it. Yeah. And I think my favorite thing was ordering her book and finding out how to make (laughs) tomato on toast. Tomato toast. Well, that's it for this episode. Do you have something you want us to do a deep dive on? Send us an email with a topic to thebasicmomsmedia at gmail.com. And be sure to come hang out with us on Facebook and Instagram at the.basic.moms. If you want to dive deeper into any of the topics we present here on Tell Me More, join our Facebook group, Mom Chat by The Basic Moms. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast and subscribe so you know when each episode is released.